0: This episode of the All Things Go podcast is presented by Atlas Hair. Are you ugly? Yeah, we thought so. Lucky for you, we've got something for that. Atlas is an elite line of hairstyling products with cologne fragrances to help quaff that mop into something straight out of Hollywood and smell like you're the guy she's going home with tonight. Half of our products also contain a hair thickening ingredient to help those of us who are getting a little thin up top to make the most of what we got. Get started today at atlashair.com and use the promo code NASCAR for 20% off your entire order. We can't fix your face, but we can at least give you a fighting chance. atlashair.com, that's dot com. Welcome in to the All Things Go podcast, episode 35. I'm your host, Derek Yoder, joined as always by my co-host, Brian Murphy, at Brian underscore Murphy underscore on Twitter. And Brian, we got a lot to cover on this episode. I'm really excited to go over all the topics we have tonight. But first, I want to introduce a very special guest to the show, Aaron Bearden. Aaron, welcome to the show, my man.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'd call me special, but I appreciate that introduction, Derek. Thank you, brother
0: absolutely so do this uh for me aaron if you don't mind give a little background of who you are kind of how you got into motorsports and uh you know we got a lot to talk about tonight but i'm sure the people are going to be really interested to know who you are first
1: of course of course so the main thing you should know about me is i learned my words and numbers from nascar as a kid Um, born to a indiana family dad's from alabama moved up there and met my mom and they started watching nascar in the 80s dad was looking for something to watch in the summertime when football was off season and became addicted to it and so by the time i came along born in 93 it was just ingrained in our family household and so really ever since then i was raised up on nascar learned how to say things like Earnhardt and good inch good wrench and um Really fostered that into a love of motorsports overall. When I got to college, I started kind of writing about it, blogging where I could, and that's just kind of parlayed one thing to another. And now I, I have a full-time job as a financial analyst, but I play when I can in the racing world, uh, watch a lot of races, write primarily about NASCAR, but also do a newsletter that comes out every Tuesday that covers the whole racing world. So just have a love of it. Love watching people go fast, turn left, right, and anything else.
2: Aaron, I've been uh or I've had the pleasure to know you now for probably what five, six, seven years. Um, and you are a, a racer. I mean, you are a fan, you are invested. Um, talk a little bit about the motorsports beat and everything that you have to offer to, you know, the fans or whoever is looking for some more information.
1: Of course. So and I think we're seeing a moves toward this now. You look at the NASCAR race at indianapolis this last weekend such an international flair to the field um i just have a great appreciation for motorsports as a whole and from the start the thing i've wanted to do was kind of celebrate the whole industry and find a way to make smarter fans and help people get engaged with the series that they want to watch and learn new series and learn new drivers and learn new forms of motorsports so Uh, The main thing I do every week, I have a newsletter. It's called The Morning Warm-Up. It used to be daily, but time constraints have kind of prevented me from doing it daily for now, so I do it every Tuesday. Um, And this newsletter takes me about six, seven hours to write. It has uh, news from pretty much every racing series in the world. I go through and kind of get notes and features that come out. I try to put the schedules for everybody that's racing that week, where to watch them. I do it by day. So you can check it and look and see, okay, Thursday night, what do I want to watch? Oh, SRX is racing this weekend. You know, So it's just something I do as a labor of love. Um, I have a Patreon for people that want to support me through that. And then outside of that, I'm kind of playing around with what I want to do right now. Uh, I took a little bit of a break post-pandemic. Financially, I wasn't in a great position to try to travel, do a lot of races. And mentally, I was just burnt out trying to work the full job, you know, working through a pandemic in the real world, and then also trying to play in this just for taxing. So i um, trying to get back into some of that. Um, I have motorsportsbeat.com as the website. I try to write something about every NASCAR race that comes around, and then I want to play around and do some more things as I can. So work in progress on that right now, but that's where I'm at. You know, I, we
2: talk to a lot of me- media members and and some that are you know, really grounded in the sport. And, you know, what's been fun for me to follow you is is your journey from college to, um, you know, the motorsports beat and everything you had to do in between. Talk about the struggles because, man, you, got, you have put your heart and soul into this, um, getting to races on your own dime, um, all the time and effort, like you said, you spend um, putting out the content and putting out the information. Um, maybe just explain a little bit you know, all the sacrifices and stuff that took to just to get where you are. And and honestly, maybe not where you wanted to end up, um, but, you know, still a, a great place. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I The first race weekend I ever got to cover on the NASCAR side was at Kentucky Speedway. And I know most people hear Kentucky Speedway and go, oh, God. But for me, it was a first chance for me to go to a track that wasn't the brickyard to see a NASCAR race, let alone cover it. And that first race weekend, I drove an old beat up 98 GMC Sonoma that my father had given me. And I didn't have any money for a hotel. I didn't have anything. There was a love's truck stop about a mile and a half from the racetrack. And that was my hotel for the race weekend. So this was 95 degree July nights. I went and covered the truck race drove over to love's, uh, the windows could only go all the way down or all the way up on the thing. And I didn't trust leaving them down. So I just sweated through the night, slept in the little tiny cab in the back of that thing, both Friday and Saturday night. Um, or I think it was Thursday and Friday, whatever it may be. But yeah, just that, that first race weekend kind of tells it all. I mean, I just, I love this sport. I love being able to write about it. Um, it's been a dream come true to even be able to contribute a small piece to it. And it's something that I've never taken for granted. So everything I do in racing, I do strictly for the love of it. I've never sat down when I went to write something or talk about something and been like, how many clicks is this going to get me? How many views? I just try to write and do things that I find interesting. And I hope that it will parlay into something interesting for the people that follow and support me. So Everything I do is just for the love of the game. I've made some money along the way doing it, had some fun, but it's never been about
0: that. So, What's the ultimate goal? You said you're hoping to parlay it into something. I hear parlay. It's one of my favorite words in life. So what is uh, your goal? What's the ultimate goal for you?
1: I think for me, just being able to establish something that could give back and foster some long-term growth in the industry would be the ideal Um When I first started Motorsports B, I think the hope was to make it into something that could grow journalists and people Mm -hmm. to cover like the general racing world and also kind of grow a fan base that was more appreciative of the whole racing world, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I've never quite been in the financial position to do that how I wanted to. It's still something I want to do long term, but I guess in general, When this is all said and done one way or the other, I can't always control which way my path may go in this. A lot of this is financially driven, right? Y'all know this industry. But Mm -hmm. if at the end of this day, this whole thing, whenever it may be, if it's three years from now, if it's three decades from now, and when I step away, if I can say that I contributed to the sport. I was an asset to the industry when I was in it, and I, I fostered some good memories, maybe made a few race fans along the way, or just help people enjoy
0: motorsports
1: more mm-hmm. or fall more in love with it. I think it would be a success for me.
0: Yeah, no, that that's cool. It's, I always enjoy hearing people's kind of stories and journey. Uh, you mentioned you, one of your first races, maybe your first race was at the Brickyard, and obviously we just had the race uh, this past weekend at the Brickyard. So what were some of your thoughts from uh, what happened uh, on Indy Road Course?
1: Wasn't it refreshing to watch a race go green almost the entire yes. way?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. It felt,
1: it felt so old school. It reminded me of some of the races I remember watching as a little kid, nineties, um, two thousands. And I know you don't want every mm-hmm. race to be like that, right? You need, you need variety. You need a little zest along the way in a 38 week schedule. You need things to spice it up and provide some change and, it just, it just felt nice to watch a race long dialogue build, you know, with McDowell and Chase Elliott and Daniel Suarez and nothing come along to scupper it, especially on yeah. that particular road course, because we saw the races there the two years prior and they were a far cry from that. So it was just nice to watch a race play out organically in kind of an old school fashion for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And for, for me, I, I, uh, you know, being at Stuart Haas last year and, um, especially watching Briscoe run through those road courses and chasing points, you know, I really think the, the stage breaks really hurt that 14 team last year where, you know, you had to stay out at the end of stage one, get your points. And now suddenly you're in the back of the field, unable to pass or, or get back up front. So, you know, I, I think especially at the road courses, not having the stages has really helped the racing really helped, um, you, you know, signify the, the strategy that, it, that happens during these races. Um, to your point, I just cannot believe what a clean race it was, and and I don't know if it's a couple things, right? It's probably the stage breaks, but maybe the restart zone being shifted, even though it was only used twice. Um, you know what what a what a great change that was, and something I think they learned from Chicago and, and from some other races in the past. But um, it's it's great to see NASCAR kind of evolving very quickly um to you know fix some of these issues um you know be interesting if they if they make some similar change to coda next year but again that's another topic
0: yeah i, I don't see how they can't do it differently at coda since that was obviously a very troublesome turn uh, and it has been for a few years now uh but they fixed it you know at Indy, we didn't see any issues unless your name is joey logano we have we didn't see any issues on sunday uh with <laughs> anybody getting into that turn so brian i gotta give you a Props where props are due, you yet again called out the guy that you predicted would win. <laughs> And Michael McDowell, this is what, three of the last four races that we've done this. Uh, We we knew how good McDowell was, and we highlighted with his statistics coming in on the road courses. You look at Coda, Sonoma, Chicago. Um, So we knew his track record this year was good. Uh, But what an awesome performance. We just saw RFK win a few weeks back. They rattled off two in a row. Now we see front row, Ford now won three in a row ford resurgence is is here i assume right or pump the brakes man i don't know
2: that's that's a tough one right um it's it's hard to say that that anything isn't possible because as of last year you know the fords came back and, and julie Gunn won that championship so um you know I, I think first and foremost you have to give credit where creds due, and that's at furniture row motor or uh front row Motorsports. <laughs> um you know those those that team they 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 are doing all this on their own and when i say that you know the Ford teams the, the big three roush penske and stewart haas they're, they're part of a program called ford plus and with ford plus they combine all of their wind tunnel well the the wind tunnel time as we've talked about is now all manufacturer driven they combine all of their um cfd time a lot of their resources a lot of the engineering they go to the racetracks they go to the wind tunnels they work together so um but you know front row more sports is is not part of that and board gets to kind of dictate on what they learn when they learn it. Um, so a lot of the stuff that they have to utilize is, is just word of mouth or, you know, what they think is best. And um, again, the, you know, we've heard Michael McDowell talk about his SIM time, you know, a lot of the SIM time at Stuart Haas was done Wednesday and that's before you actually load up. So you could go to the simulator and test a lot of things right or wrong. Um, but um You'd go to the simulator and come back and you could reset your car up right before you load it and send it to the racetrack. Their send time is on Thursdays, and those cars are shipped out by then by that point. So they are unable to make changes with what Michael likes or learns in the simulator on that Thursday. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, even me, I would say that's probably sometimes a benefit. I think a lot of these engineers are are giving the simulator maybe a little bit too much credit and and kind of drifting off into this computer world that probably doesn't replicate. Uh, the racetrack or the race cars that are hitting the racetrack correctly. So, um, you know, it's hard to uh, to say anything, but I think that team is maximizing the people and the resources they have better than any other team out there. And that includes Hendrick, includes uh, Joe Gibbs, whatever it may be. They're not performing at the, at the same level, but they are utilizing the resources and people they have to the best of their abilities and probably better than anybody else. I mean, this team is just lights out right now. Um, so it's yeah. going to be exciting to see what they can do in the playoffs.
0: What about you, Aaron? What do you think about what the 34 team just did, obviously getting that win? We talked about Ford here briefly. What is some of your assessment, especially of the over the last three weeks? I mean,
1: it's, it's kind of pleasant to see new teams kind of break out. I mean, RK is an old team mm-hmm. coming back, but it, it's just a positive, I think. Um, this isn't a new thing for this 34 team, especially on road courses. Ryan, you're a big proponent of tracking the road course points. You know that as well as anybody, but Michael McDowell and that 34 team have been excelling particularly on the road courses every week and just really at all tracks have been so good at just maximizing what they're capable of getting. You always mm-hmm. hear teams talk about that. Get whatever you can get that day. If you've got an eighth place car, finish eight. If you've got a 13th place car, finish 13th. And they had done that really all year. And it kind of stood to reason that if they could ever get a car that was good enough to win, they've shown that they can run to the level of their equipment. And they provided the kind of car Michael McDowell needed to win the race. He goes out there, shows what he's capable of, gets the job done. You know, we saw a team issue slash mistake on pit road, but it was the track house team with Daniel Suarez that cost them a race. We saw the dominant Kind of favorite for a lot of people that people thought might win and Chase Elliott. Everybody thought, oh, Chase is second going here in stage three. He's going to chase McDowell down and get that big win to make the playoffs. And McDowell didn't make any mistakes. Pure, clean, perfect drive. Drove away. Did what he had to do. Had to hold on a little bit at the end. I was worried Chase was going to get close enough for a lunge. But McDowell did everything right. They managed that race perfectly. Can't fault it.
2: Yeah, and and when we talk about Ford too, I know you know Derek, you asked about you know have we seen a Ford resurgence, and I don't know. Like I think I've I've talked a little bit about the whole year about how I don't think Ford is quite that far off. I mean, yes, they they have to hit their marks and do things maybe a little better than the other manufacturers, but um, you know, it's it's just a whole platform issue. It's it's maximizing um, the cars location in the air and 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 really now like we talked about when when everything goes through the manufacturer when when the wheel force tests when you know the the, te- the goodyear tests like we're seeing now um uh the wind tunnel time all that goes through the manufacturer so you're going to see a lot more swings in manufacturer power than we ever have before because all of the resources are in the hands of the manufacturer with that said there's no question ford when it comes to the sim models, when it comes to a lot of the programming, Ford is known to be a decade behind Chevy and Toyota. The Toyota teams and and everything that they are given uh, from the worldwide scene, the WEC cars, the IMSA cars, um, the drift—you know—I mean, I mean—the the Toyota footmark on motorsports worldwide is massive, 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 and that carries so much weight. Um, so it's, it's interesting when, you know, you hear a lot of the Ford engineers kind of complain about the, the simulation programs or a lot of things that have, they have to deal with that are quote unquote outdated compared to the other manufacturers. And yet when you see these resurgence, as you call late in the year, it's tough for a team or teams in general to go to that manufacturer and say, we need better equipment. And, and the manufacturer turn around and say, well, you just won the championship. You just won three more races. What What do you actually need to win these races? Do you need it? Or do we just need to figure out how to use them better? Do we need to figure out how to use this race car platform better? So it's an interesting mix of the what's and whys of a manufacturer nowadays, especially with so much out of the race team hands.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and when you were talking about some of the elements there, where teams going to Ford and saying, we need this or that, I was I found it very fascinating to hear on Actions Detrimental that front row does not have a Hawkeye. That is that blew my mind. Uh, is that something that you know what should I have been surprised to hear that? Or I just assumed all the major teams, and I would include them, all have a hawkeye.
2: Well, I mean, first and foremost, you have to talk about the um, the cost. Um, True. you know, the cost of one is is three hundred thousand plus dollars let alone the people that you have to have to run the machine, to um, service the machine, to keep up with the machine. Um, you know, and a lot of these teams went on and got them early on in 2018. And and it was kind of a, a an auction, you know, who's, who's going to pay the most for now. And uh, it was, you know, very fortunate for us at Stuart Haas to get the very first one. And I, I give a lot of credit to our success in 2018 to having that machine and having the people that were there to find out and um, really uh, exploit, let's mm-hmm. say the um, you know the, the problems that the machine had early on, because early on maybe that machine was only running sixty or seventy per- percent. It could only see that much, right? Uh, There's a lot of ways to trick it. Um, I talk about um, you know a lot of the the funny business that used to happen back then. Well you know, colors and shapes used to really, Mm -hmm. and they still do, but used to really affect the Hawkeye. You used to see all the black accents, all the things going on, the race cars. And the other thing we found out early on was if you stepped outside the box of legality by a certain amount, it threw the information away. So Mm -hmm. at some points we were running tails upwards of an inch wider than were legal because the computer Mm -hmm. was just throwing away. So, um, you know, having all these people, having all these resources to figure out and exploit these issues. Um, It really gave us an advantage in 2018. Now let's fast forward to today. That Hawkeye, that OSS is running at 95%. It is really, I mean, NASCAR knows what to spray, when to spray, how the colors uh, affect the car. There's multiple colors that you can actually have the Hawkeye project and help it read better. So if you have a red car, you can project in red, it'll read red colors better. Um, You know, if if you have a green car or or whatever it may be, you can, you Mm -hmm. can project different colors to read better. So, Nowadays, that that system honestly it runs so well that if you just have a Roamer Arm, which Roamer Arms are a metrology device that um every team uses, you have to have one. At Stuart Haas and the buy department, we had at least uh twenty twenty-five of them and they cost upwards of a hundred thousand dollars a piece. Um we didn't have to do? have them. Uh, it basically so this whole platform works off an XYZ um, you know basis. So it's just like you know, X is front to back, Y is left to right, Z is mm-hmm. up and down. Well, you're just finding points in space. So all you're mm-hmm. doing is building these cars in space. They could be located on the roof, they could be located in the in the truck bay, they could be located in the uh, body hanging department. And all you have to do is lock into the car, and you just build mm-hmm. off there. So you're just basically working in this CAD, this gold surface that I always talk about, and you're building the body plus or minus hundred fifty thousands off that. So, you use Romer arms to measure where you're at. So, that's kind of instead of tape measures, instead of lasers, instead of whatever, however, way you could measure a hang a body in the past, now you use Romer arms. And mm-hmm. they are accurate down to five thousandths of an inch. So, they come with scanners, they come with all kinds of accessories, and you really don't even need a Hawkeye anymore or OSS. It doesn't really, there's very few gains when it comes to tricking it there's very few mm-hmm. performance items it's it's really a, an item that you don't need nowadays especially hawkeye the, the the top like four or five guys from hawkeye left about 2 years ago and started bolt 6 we've talked about okay. bolt 6 yeah bolt 6 is the company now that has built the underbody scanner so a lot of the the stuff nascar needs out of hawkeye to update um, when we went to the Gen 7 to update mm-hmm. the uh, the platform, the, the CAD drawing was very difficult because all those people went to a different company. So now there, there's going to be an update again where, you know, I've heard of a, a car wash system where you'll drive your car into a platform. It will roll through, it will scan the underbody, overbody, all kinds of options, right? But it's super difficult to plan, build, engineer all these things. Um, mm-hmm. So I just don't see... I just don't see front row buying a Hawkeye when they don't need one. They really don't need one. Um, and, okay. and honestly, if I were NASCAR, whenever I came up with my next system, the teams would not be allowed to have one. They're not allowed to have the Bolt 600 body
0: scanner. And, you know, I wouldn't let them have the next one either. What do you think about that, Aaron? Is your brain spinning right now? Did you, did you have a story coming now after hearing all that?
1: If I knew how to interpret any of it, I definitely would. Uh, (laughs) I am not the most technically inclined. I defer to Brian on stuff like that, but it is fascinating to hear it and hear how much change is coming, how quickly it's happening and just Mm -hmm. the constant churn. I mean, it never really stops in this industry, right?
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh question I have for you, uh, Aaron, you know, front row just this week, they signed the 34 and the, the 38 car. Gillen's going to be taking over the 38 full time. I think he's earned it. I mean, he's been doing a lot of, uh, you know, hard work and he's getting good finishes, even if he gets kicked out of his 38 car and has to move to a 36. So what did you think about the 34 and the 38 coming on board for 2024? Well, McDowell is the obvious one. It just makes sense. Even before yeah. they won this weekend,
1: that was clear cut. Um, you want to keep that that party together as good as they're running. Right. The 38 was tricky because they have Zane Smith waiting in the wings, who I think would be considered one of the top prospects in the Ford ranks right now. Obviously won the Truck Series Championship last year, one of the favorites to do it again this year. I feel like it's kind of him and Corey Heim toward the top of the ladder there. So it's a tough call. Um, I think based on the way he ran in the spring and early summer, I can see why you would bring Todd back um, as long as owners are happy and they can keep the partners happy with him. I mean, he's, he's a young, young talent. We forget how young mm-hmm. Todd Gilland is. There's still a pretty high ceiling there. He ran really well in his early days coming up the ladder and he doesn't cause any issues. He's pretty unproblematic off screen too. So I, mm-hmm. it's tough they're stuck between a rock and a hard place with those two um makes you wonder what's next for zane could an opportunity come up say i don't know say eric almirola decides to call today here at the end of the year is there a chance Zane could go to the 10 like you, you wonder what opportunities there might be for zane you sure. know the the front row press release kind of left that open-ended on what might be next for him they mentioned coming mm-hmm. back could be an op an option So that makes you think there might be options on the table for Zane, but I I think somebody would be smart to make sure he ends up in a good ride because everything he's shown right now in the truck series makes me think that he could
0: deliver on whatever he's put in that's actually a good question that you bring up about zane smith because you know a lot of people had him pegged to be maybe a full-time guy next year he's been with the uh, 38 truck uh with front row and, and done really well obviously won a championship and uh has really earned his place there and so it makes a lot of lot logistical sense um uh, with his experience especially being able to race a handful of races in cup over the last two years to maybe make that transition up so you know, Brian, I'm curious to hear what you think, knowing now that the 34 and the 38 are what they are for 2024. Where does Zane go? What happens with Zane?
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if everybody has heard the rumors, but, you know, the mm-hmm. Mike McDowell had turned down a big time cup ride from a certain cup team. And I think we mm-hmm. can all assume that's probably the number 10 uh, at Stuart Haas yep. Racing. So, you know, it's it's tough for those guys over at Stuart Haas if, if that is indeed the case. Um, and if it is, I think Zane Smith is the, I mean, the, the, he's going to be the guy that's going to be going to the tent. I think Eric's Mm going to retire. Uh, there's rumors Smithfield has pulled out of Stuart Haas racing and that leaves a lot of open space and a lot of, um, you know, missing money for that number 10 team. And and a great way to kind of make up for both of those issues is to hire a a young driver who will come in for a, a very low cost and um you know which is which is fine because mm-hmm. you know it's it's a great step for the future i think zane smith is going to be a talent to have in the cup series so um you know if if they can't find somebody to fill uh you know a veteran to fill that number 10 spot i, I think zane is is a shoe in for that that car and um you know i think he would be a great personality a great talent to have over there um uh, but it's just like i said it's <laughs> man it's a, a 10 a 10 teams going to be uh that's that's a struggle man if Smithfield did indeed pulled out because that's a lot of cash um mm-hmm. and, and Eric Eric is a solid driver you know I I really right. really hope that he stays I love having his personality um you know I enjoy watching him he's a great guy to work with um but you know I, I think you know my, my gut tells me that Eric's out Smithfield's out and Zane Smith is in that number 10 uh Stuart Haskar
0: Yeah, well, if that would end up being the case, and I know Silly Season is a buzz, so uh, it'll be interesting to see maybe what happens on that end. But what a young nucleus, uh, you know, with the SHR would be with Josh Berry, um, you know, Chase Briscoe, Ryan Priest, and then if you throw in Zane Smith. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, on on that end. But I want to kind of put a bow here on the indie. Conversation and we know that Indy is making a return to the oval. Uh, maybe they haven't announced it yet, but it's what everybody's leading to. Uh, They're doing it. I know if you, I know <laughs> yeah. if you hear some podcasts, it's happening. We all know it's happening. All right, so I think I know where Aaron sits with it because Aaron, that was one of your first races that you went to or were a part of, correct? Yep,
1: 1999 Brickyard
0: 400, 1999
1: Brickyard 400, won by Dale Jarrett. Correct, put
0: a tune that wow. Day. <laughs> Look at that! Look at that! Okay, so uh, we saw Chase Briscoe, uh, Ty Gibbs doing some hot laps. I was really curious to hear some of the audio there to hear what their off throttle was. You know how I'm thinking about the the uh, futuristic elements there. So, what do you guys think, Brian? I'll start with you, and then I'll go to Aaron. What do you think about them making the return to the oval? Smart. I, I
2: mean, I think they have to. I I, I mean, yeah. I don't. Um, you know, I don't. Both? Can I do both? I've told you before, I I do I dislike that road course at that racetrack more than any other racetrack possibly in the world. If you take that road course and you put it anywhere else and just lay it out yeah. there and say, what do you think of this? Nobody would go there. No yeah. series, no driver, nobody would agree to it. But because it's inside this Indianapolis Moore Speedway, somehow it's got this extra flavor. And I, I, I've talked about um, IMSA going to an eight-hour there next year. I haven't talked to one guy in the IMSA that is even remotely excited about that move. No one can understand that move. I think it's just a strong arm move by, um, you know, Roger Penske and, mm-hmm. and, you know, he owns Indy, he owns the racetrack. Um, so, you know, good for him if, if he can get an eight hour race there, but man, let's, let's be serious here. There's plenty more venues outside of that road course that we can go to. And if, if we're going to trade a road course, we're going to trade that road course for Montreal. We know we're going to Montreal next year as well. So everything mm-hmm. will be better. But yes, if we're going to Indy, I want to be on that oval. And and honestly, I may be a little bit of a hypocrite here. I said for years, I don't even think NASCAR needs to be in Indy. We don't get the support. Mm-hmm. We don't get the fan base. I honestly, as a crew member going to that racetrack, sometimes I felt like I was getting slapped in the face by some of the workers there, by those yellow jackets. Um, you know, they got their own guys they got their own series and and it was you know sometimes it just didn't feel like we needed to be there but winning that race that moment we won that brickyard 400 in 2019 was one of the most special moments of my life and that is why I will say we need to be at that racetrack and running that race and i don't care if there's one person in the stands or 300,000 people in the stands nascar needs to be running that race
0: I absolutely agree. I had uh, I had a lot of uh, joy that came over me, whenever Harvick won that race, I had a winning ticket in my hand of Kevin Harvick that day. So I was happy about that. Uh, what about you, Aaron? Uh, what do you think about the series making its return to the Oval? Good move?
1: <laughs> You're not going to get an unbiased take from me here. I mean, I've been going. No, not at all. This, That's why I had you go last. <laughs> I survived the 08 tire debacle. And I'll tell you, I Ooh, think yep. the fans were more upset when Paul Menard beat Jeff Gordon on Fuel Strategy in 2011. Mm-hmm. Than they were in 08, but that might have just been the section I was at. Um, hmm it it's hard to say it could ever be a bad move. I mean, yes, we got a pretty enjoyable road course race this year. I'll give them that, but that road course is completely flat. It's not an exciting road course to watch a race at. Um, there just aren't many like really redeeming features for it. For me, I'm kind of right. with Brian and that I've never found that the road course stands out much. It just feels like something they kind of pieced together so they could get the F one deal. Um, I think if you have a chance to go back to the Oval, uh, we have some things to work on in terms of getting people to come enjoy it. I think we want to try to get a good buzz for it. Doing mm-hmm. it on the 30th anniversary deal is probably smart. Playing off some of the nostalgia. You know, Make it feel like an event again. Call right. it the Brickyard 400, please. Like, yep. Make this thing matter. Make it feel prestigious. Give it some value. Tell us why we should care, and I think people would show up for it. Um, I don't know what the long-term staying power is beyond that. It's kind of up to the kind of show we can put on and what we can do to make people get invested in it. I know that's a, it's an industrial state. There's not a lot of money being made by a lot of people in Indiana right now. It's hard to afford multiple races. And if you can only choose one race, you're going to choose the Indy 500. So we have Mm -hmm. a bit of an uphill battle there, but. I feel like you have to go back to the oval if you're going to race at Indy at all. And I think enough people care that we should still race at Indy. So that's my opinion.
0: Yeah. I don't disagree. I think with this gen seven car, with the intermediate package from what we've been able to see, uh, I think it does produce some of the most competitive racing we see throughout the year. Uh, And, the ability to go back, race at the Oval, uh, and the drivers want it. And I, I think that's the most important part where when the drivers get excited about going to a venue, you see a better product. When they're not excited, when they're not interested, the product, the excitement kind of is just, they're just there. Um, so let's do this before we get out of the state of Indiana. Ty won it, IRP. So Brian, I'll start with you. Anything there, but I also really want to know, should Xfinity be, be racing at IRP? Saw that uh, above, you know, a, a buzz on Twitter this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, we know Indianapolis Motor Speedway isn't going anywhere, right? It doesn't right. matter if NASCAR leaves. It doesn't matter if the 12-hour, the, uh, the sports car event leaves. That racetrack is going to be there. The Indy 500 will be there. Um, mm-hmm. And everything will be right in the world. So for me, yep, the only race that needs to stay at that that uh, venue is the Cup race. There only needs to be one race. they needs mm-hmm. to be the Brickyard 400. Outside of that, yes, Xfinity needs to be at IRP. Trucks need to be at IRP. Um, yep, you know, places just it's it's exactly what that series needs anyway. um mm-hmm. You know, only one only one stock car series needs to be kissing the bricks, and in my opinion, um, you know, that's Cup series. So. Um, but yeah, Ty Majeski, man, really excited. I, you know, obviously Grant was my guy. Um, you know, really hoping that he can um, you know make a run here in these next couple races to make it to the next stage. But mm-hmm. I'm always gonna cheer for my Wisconsin buddy Majeski. There, great <laughs> to see him lock himself in, and he's got that. You know, I talk about momentum. I talk about um, swagger. Yeah, does he got the most of it right now in the truck series? I think so. I think I think right now. You know, last week we talked about who's the championship favorite i didn't have one um it's easy to say this after obviously a a win but you know my Mm -hmm. championship favorite right now is ty majeski and um you know i'm excited to see what they do yeah i'm excited to see what they do next couple races if they can back it up right i mean you you won now can you go step on their throats and that's what that team needs to do right now
0: yeah that's a good point uh you know majeski like you said uh going back to uh wisconsin where the milwaukee mile will be held uh next week uh as round two of the nascar truck series playoffs will happen and uh what about you aaron what do you think about the truck series uh this past weekend Majeski obviously got the win there after uh having a heartbreaker a few weeks prior at richmond but what do you think think irp should hold uh xfinity as well
1: <laughs> i'm just still so happy we have irp back on any of these nascar yeah. schedules um mm-hmm. i would gladly take it back to the Xfinity Series. I think it's really fun that these truck playoffs are opening with two like old school kind of lost venues with IRP in the Milwaukee Mile, a couple places right. that NASCAR hasn't seen much in the last few decades. Um, yeah, good race, classic short track racing. It's telling how fun that place is and how fun over racing can be when Shane Van Gisbergen finishes like nineteenth and gets out and says he had a blast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, of Jeski doing what he needed to do. I think that probably felt really good, especially after they gave away that one a few weeks ago at Richmond. That was something Mm -hmm. that team needed, a full, perfect, executed race. Really puts him in a good spot, kind of like last year. You know, He started out hot, won a couple races, and the second round was in the championship four, and it it didn't work out for him last year. But you're kind of seeing that build again with that team, and it does feel like they're easily capable of getting to the championship four and Then all you got to do is execute that one weekend. So they definitely
0: have to be among the favorites right now. Yeah, you got a pair of wins last year in the truck series playoffs, uh, you know, and and one of the bigger wins at uh, Homestead. So this team's just kind of picking up where they left off last playoffs. And now they picked it up here again. So that'll be fun to watch. One of my favorite series to watch and talk about. Um, So I'm really looking forward to next week when they're at the Milwaukee mile. Let's move. to. uh, I got one
2: more question. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Aaron, you've been to IRP, right?
1: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, for sure. I have not Many been.
2: Times. And the drag strip is right there, right?
1: Yeah, it is right behind the, the grandstands is, over is
2: there. Is there any way? And I love crossovers. I love the Indian NASCAR we saw this week, and I love it, love it, love it, love it. I love the NASCAR and IMSA we saw in twenty twenty. Still can't believe that we don't have uh an event with both of those, with you know the, the father being, you know, NASCAR and owning both those series. Can we have a NHRA event with a NASCAR weekend at IRP or is that just too
1: much? Well, I think it would be a ton of fun. I would love the crossover appeal of that. Um, I worry with NASCAR always running late summer that it might be too close to the U.S. Nationals for the NHRA, you know, the big go that's right there. Um, If they used it as like a marketing ploy for that, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I would be for it. I think the NHRA, it can't hurt to do anything to kind of get themselves in yeah, front of fresh them. eyes, yeah. get more publicity. So I'm yeah. 100% for it. I don't know if they would want to do it or not, though, but yeah, I, I like I, the I'm idea. A, I'm
2: always, uh, you know, I, I like it all. I mean, I, Derek just found out yesterday, apparently, that I'm not a big dirt guy. Not oh, a big yeah. dirt guy. Uh, not at I all. I it. I get it. <laughs> I'll watch it, but I, I, you'll probably never see me at a dirt race um and you know i got my my time slots are filled with wc imsa indy nascar where i just don't have time for the dirt series right now but um with that said even nhra i i rarely watch some nhra i may go to an nhra event but for me i can only watch so much of an nhra and that's not a slight to anything it's just you know me in particular if you gave me an nhra event during the day in a nascar race at night holy shit i'd be there all day long watching every single (laughs) pass every single lap so um you know that's just another i just uh, as much crossover as as we see with the drivers nowadays um you know we see little bits and pieces of crossover and in collaboration with the series we need to see more of that i want to see a festival of speed i want to see um indycar and cup on on you know at at the big track I want to see um, you know the Xfinity and truck series at the small track with um, NHRA running as well I just want to see this giant festival speed Indianapolis Motor Speedway Um, you know IRP would be the perfect place to do that
0: that sounds awesome. I probably would make the trip out to Indiana for that. So uh, that would be cool. Good idea to kind of have thrown out there. Um, curious about Watkins Glen. And I want to get your opinion, Brian. I'll start with you first, because I also had a dream last night. And there was a certain driver that I dreamt went to victory lane. And now I'm wondering, do I have to throw money on this guy? Ryan Priest was in my dreams that won the race. And now I'm like, is Ryan good? Like, is this something telling me? So what do you think about this if, weekend and then my dream?
2: If Ryan priest wins this weekend, I will burn my fucking house down. Cause I will be so mad. That is my, yeah. my home track. That is the track I saw my first <laughs> cup race at. And yes. I do not have a win there. Um, uh, the but right. no, I, I hope, I hope Ryan priest goes out and wins, you know, for some reason outside of that 2015 race. Do you remember what happened to either of you at the end of that 2015 race? Who won that year? Logano. <clears throat>
0: okay no did harvick I have run nightmares fuel? about
2: this yeah harvick ran out of fuel on the last turn of the last lap and got passed by LeGano coming to the start finish um hmm. and since then we had stewart haas and, and i say we in, in past tense obviously but we ran like shit there we hmm. really didn't have any speed we didn't have any any kind of performance and you know given the the performance of, of Stuart Haas this year, and even on the road courses, I don't see it happening. They're, I don't. I just don't see them in any way, shape, or form even having a top ten. Um, so definitely, uh, I wouldn't take that bet there. Uh, okay. Definitely no. Um, maybe but, I'll start
0: know. with. Maybe I'll start with a top ten. <laughs> maybe that's where I should start uh, before I go to the win. But I, I had it was in my dream. I woke up and I was like, uh, "What do I do with this information?" I couldn't believe it.
2: I hope, he, I hope he wins. From the bottom of my heart, I hope he wins. I just, I don't see it. You know, I think for this week, you're going to have some big players. I think McDowell bringing that swagger, and we talked about that swagger, momentum, the um, chip on his shoulder. He's going to be a big-time um, favorite going in. I think Chase Chase Elliott wins this weekend. I think he has to. I think there's no way outside of this weekend that he has a shot, and I say that Super Speedway. You don't go to a Super Speedway racing hoping you're going to win. You don't. Brian. You don't. So, um you, he's gonna go out there he's, the st- he's, he's he's gonna floss on these guys and he's gonna stink up the show um chase elliott is my pick for sunday afternoon's race at Watkins Glen.
0: you and every single person that like gets on twitter talks about chase elliott's gonna win this weekend we heard it all like for the last month that this guy is gonna win this week aaron what do you think chase elliott gonna win or like why is nascar even showing up <laughs> we're
1: gonna crown him. no um yeah, I think Chase has a strong chance, to be honest with you, man. I mean, we just saw that nine team that nine team finally firing off, looking like the nine team again at Indy last week. He is he's gonna be a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Chase looks like he's got his swagger back. The nine teams rolling. This is the place where he got his first win. It's a place he's ran well pretty much every time he's been there. He was right there in contention last year and had the run in with his teammate. I mean It's hard not to say he's at least top three or four and with a shot at it. I think McDowell's going to be there. Daniel Suarez finished top five there last year, and we saw how good he was running at Indy. Mm -hmm. If they don't have that slow stop at the end, he might be the one we're talking about winning the other day. So, It's hard to pin one down, but I think your guys like Chase, Daniel Suarez, they're going to be extremely aggressive. They know this is their last real chance to control their destiny. You know, you go to Daytona, if you're Suarez, you gain some points. Maybe you've got a shot on points if Bubba gets wrecked and you get a guy like Truex or Kyle Busch or somebody wins. But uh, I think if you're outside of the playoff grid right now, you feel like you have to win this weekend because it's your last chance to control your destiny. And
0: I think Chase is probably the favorite, if I had to guess. Uh, Nope. Chase is the favorite Uh, across every single metric and book you look at. He is the, the hands down odds on favorite this weekend. And um, I'm not so sure I buy it quite yet. I think it discounts a lot of the other drivers in the series um, that really are going to give him a run for his money. I mean, I think, yeah, the 19 went out and finished second this weekend, but other than that, you know, running well this weekend, I don't know. The nine has been, even a top five car since Chase has returned top, top five. Tell me a race where he's been top five. Well, yeah, but we're not talking about all the races. We're talking about road courses. Uh, okay, let's look at the road courses. He wasn't okay. top five. He wasn't a top five car at Chicago.
2: Chicago had some messed up strategy, man. They messed up top that top whole deal. Well, all I know is five. the guy missed a race, and he's sitting ninth in the road course crown standings right now, 58 back from the leader. So he, okay. he is the third fastest car on road courses outside of McDowell and Larson.
0: Right. But okay. I'm, I'm with you. So go over those standings. Cause I think that is a pivotal uh, place to kind of stay. So go over, obviously McDowell got the win. Bush had a, uh, a struggle of a day. So what do those standings kind of look like now? Yeah. So after the race this
2: past weekend, which I said before the race, that this could be the best uh, chase for the, 16th spot in the nascar playoffs ever and mcdowell obviously messed that up by going out and Mm -hmm. winning um but right now um obviously with a huge race this weekend getting 59 out of 60 points mcdowell is first with 173 points larson in second with 35 or 35 back reddick in third 44 back uh kyle bush who was in first heading into Mm -hmm. indy um 46 back and forth uh, Chris Busher forty-eight, back in fifth. Truex, fifty-four, back. Uh, William Byron, fifty-five. Christopher Bell, fifty-six. Chase Elliott, fifty-eight. And Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs has been surprisingly fantastic at road courses this year um, for a rookie. I mean, he's he's gone out there and, and held his own in a very big way. So um, definitely didn't think he was gonna you know make it if 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 mcdowell didn't win this weekend Elliott didn't didn't win this weekend um i still say mcdowell was going to make it in on points based off of two uh road courses in a super speed way um but yeah i mean um elliot's sitting there in ninth man i mean he missed a whole race he he's got some speed this is arguably his best road course
0: Arguably, it is. Yeah, definitely in the Gen 6 uh, era, yeah, it was. So, uh, be interested to see what happens this weekend. So, you both are saying that Chase wins this week. Who's right? your pick? Brian, you're... Right. my pick? Oh, I don't, I mean, it's a little too early for a pick. But like, <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, if I had to go with somebody, I mean, it's like, how can you pass up like what the 19's been doing? Like, it yeah, feels like the 19's. that is a good pick. I agree. The, the second best car. I feel like if you want to look at everything Chase has done at Watkins again, you have to look at what the 19's done, Uh, you know, over the last number of years. And I don't know if there's a team right now better as a whole than JGR right in this current moment. Uh, and, and that ebbs and flows so no so much as we know. But yeah, if I'm, I mean, I know, every single podcast i've listened to anything i see on twitter everything i've heard the last few weeks oh chase is gonna win when it comes to Watkins Glen. nothing's guaranteed the dude could go out and finish second to last he could go a lap down have a flat tire we saw happen robbie gordon what back in 2001 or 2002 his uh camera inside his dash caught on fire and he was arguably one of the best drivers you know in that race so like anything can happen i just think um, like you said, Aaron, like you want to crown him, then crown his ass. But uh, we're not I'm not crowning him. So that, that's my that's my take there. Is there somebody in your opinion, Aaron, that we should be aside from Chase, should be watching out for this weekend? Maybe I will a dark say, horse
1: name. I will say he's a rookie and Reinhardt kind of touched on it, but Ty Gibbs, man, I've been so impressed with you. Look last week, he has the run in with SVG on the restart, goes for a spin, gets trapped mm-hmm. deep in the field. No cautions to help him close up, and he ended up all the way back up in 12th at the end of the race. Like, yeah. they threw away stage points with that. Like, it cost him stage points. It cost him a chance to be higher at the end of the race. I think he would be even higher in the road course standings without that. So, it's hard to pick a rookie to win in any given point, but Ty Gibbs has been extremely impressive this year. You know, all hands are on deck to try to see if they can get him in the playoffs. And I think he's going to have a shot this weekend as a dark horse.
0: Yeah, that, that top, that or him finishing 12th made me sick. I had him for a top 10, and then him getting spun out, which NBC, they don't miss much, but they did miss that one for the first like little bit uh, where everybody everything else was happening, and he was just spun around. So it was impressive to see that guy go from 25th, I think it was, when he got spun out all the way back up to 12th with no cautions. So um, that really showed a lot of the speed uh, elements there. But Ty Gibbs is an interesting name. Could be a name... Um, that we talk about maybe end of day Sunday. Uh, but we have the playoff, right? We do have the the playoffs here where we're looking at, um, you know, some guys coming down to the end. We have Watkins, Glen, we have Daytona, and the point situation is just crazy. Is there anybody else that you think, hey, is there somebody that's 17th or worse get a win over the next two weekends, Brian? We talked about this a little bit.
2: Gosh, I haven't really even thought about it too much. Um, man. Um, when you talk about just going into a speedway, uh, in in general, I guess you could just throw anybody in. Um, but man, I, I really think outside of the people that have already won and, and Chase Elliott, I I think those are your favorites headed into Watkins Glen. Um, I I mean, are how many do we think we're going to see a new winner at Watkins Glen outside of Chase Elliott this weekend?
0: New winner. No, unless it's Ryan Bruce. Yeah, glad to dream of yeah
2: <laughs> um so yeah. then obviously just head into speedways just you know flip a coin so um you know I, I think it's just a battle between those guys in in 16th place and and honestly i think bubbo's got what 20 some points mm-hmm. um i mean he's got a good lead so just do all the things right just you know just execute on pit road execute as a driver um make conservative calls. I say make conservative calls going going into these races and, and follow the leader. Uh if you're the 23. Um and and I think you're gonna come out head into the playoffs here. So uh, I think like I said, I, I really thought this was gonna be a fantastic chase to the playoffs for that sixteenth spot. McDowell kind of just shut that door instantly. Um and and I think it's gonna be kind of event uneventful and and boring head into uh uh Darlington.
0: There's, there's one name in particular we did not talk about, which I was a little surprised to hear maybe his name not come up from either one of you, and it is AJ Allmendinger. I'm curious to hear. Uh, Aaron, I'll start with you. you. What do you think about AJ this weekend? Uh, obviously, this is a big week for Colleague and trying to get, you know, they're going for trophies, right? And this is kind of their last hurrah before we get to Daytona, which anything can happen. But anything, your, your thoughts on AJ this weekend?
1: They took a big sacrifice to their playoff chances and Cup to chase yeah. an Xfinity trophy at Road America and couldn't get it. So I don't know mm-hmm. that I'm going to put a whole lot of faith on them coming into the Glen. Um, it's A.J. Allmendinger on a road course, so there's always that chance that you could come firing and just drive amazing and be in there with a chance yeah. at it, especially if we end up with some late calamity. But I haven't seen, I think, what I would need to see from that 16 team or colleague in general to pick a win like that. And I think AJ in particular a driver that can be kind of momentum based from time to time. And mm-hmm. we've seen things have not gone well the last few weeks. It's going to be hard for him to kind of get his mojo back going into this one. So obviously they could win. I wouldn't put my money on it though.
0: What about you, Brian? What do you think about uh, AJ this weekend? We've heard some uh, different things about colleague and um, obviously we know Haley's going to uh, RWR, but what do you think about uh you know AJ this weekend, and maybe colleague in the long term.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to Aaron's point, you know, I think seeing AJ go to Road America and, and take, uh, you know, kind of priority over the Cup deal over at uh, Richmond was was an interesting move. Uh, you know, I've I've heard some speculation that they may or or are putting out their charters for sale, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I've heard that that is not the case; that they are still playing on staying in Cup. Um, and you know, they're, they're looking for partners. They're looking for whatever they can do to keep those charters. And, and obviously they have upwards of $30 million, um, you know, for a charter right now. And the, the good thing is, you know, I think if you're Matt colleague, you sit down and you say, what do I want to do? Right. Does, does he want to race in cup or does he want to race in xfinity mm-hmm. and either is fine. You look at junior, Right. I and mean, that guy could probably go out and do whatever he wants. Now he's going to have to spend right. some of his own money. Right. But he could do it. Running in X Fandy is, is a great, um, you know, a great situation for drivers, for teams, for crew members. So it's, it's not a slight to, to just run X Fandy. It's, it's a great place to be. It's great racing. Right. You've said it's, it's your favorite racing. So, but I think if you, if you want to be in cup, you know, I, I think this is a big moment where he needs to decide can we win in cup? You know, we always talk about this gen Mm -hmm. seven car. Um, You know, how much has it helped, you know, me and you got in this conversation last night. Um, When when you look at all these teams across the board, I don't think the gen seven platform has necessarily helped as much as people give it credit to. And, you know, if you take away, if you take away the gen six parts freeze, if you take away um, you know, the, the fact that the manufacturers control all of the R&D like we talked about earlier. Um, it's not necessarily as much as the car. And really the only couple of, or the only team I think you can apples to apples is front row. They're the only team that stayed the same. They've stayed consistent. They're in the same position. They're in the same position financially. They have limited number of people. They're not getting extra resources and they are running better. So that is like the only thing it shows me that this Gen 7 platform has actually helped people perform better. You have a team like Stuart House Racing who is running atrociously worse for whatever reason. Um, and you know what? You look at that colleague team, this Gen 7 platform hasn't helped them run much better. They have a win at Indy, but there's just something missing. And they are in the same situation as, as Front Row. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I think they have to sit down and figure out what front rows front row has messed up everybody, right? They've messed up the big teams. They've messed up the small teams. They have really shaken up the series and and made people question like, how is this possible? How is this team doing this? And I think if you're calling, you have to look at that and say, if I want to win cup races, I need to make a change here. Personnel, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be manufacturer. I don't know what it is, right? I mean, I could give my opinions, but if they don't want to be in cup racing, it's time to sell now's the time to sell and, and, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But, um, you know, they definitely are not my pick going into Watkins Glen this weekend whatsoever.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's uh good information that you shared there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that team right now, definitely interesting. I mean that obviously their biggest opportunities this weekend with AJ, um, and getting, you know, he won his first ever race there, uh, although it was with the 47 car. So never know. Maybe, maybe, uh, that happens to you know for a second time here so uh very curious to hear i don't know if you guys have anything else uh i, I want to f- conclude with uh, srx i know this is the last week uh, of the srx series racing uh they're at the lucas oil raceway um uh, and so it's just going to be an interesting thing to watch uh, aaron have you been watching any of the srx at all
1: yeah i tune in every thursday it's a little rough when i get up at 5 6 a.m for work the next morning but I gave her a glance. Uh, last week was kind of fun. It felt like the Tony Stewart invitational for a little while, but a little bit. It's 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 been an okay series. Um I feel I feel like I don't fully understand what the identity of SRX is. Like what sometimes it feels like they want to be like IROC. Sometimes it feels like the what do they call like the PGA senior tour thing <laughs> that golf does.
0: Like Champions Tour, yep
1: yeah sometimes like we have like a good run from like Haley Deegan, and it's like, okay, we're spotlighting a newer star sometimes mm-hmm. they have a local guy running like now that Tracy's out, we're gonna have Jonathan Davenport in a couple of days. so mm-hmm. there there yep. are things that make it fun. I just every week I watch I'm like, I don't know what the identity of the series is, and I feel like maybe that's hurting it a little. I don't know, but it's still been a fun time. It's only six weeks mm-hmm. in the summer, so it kind of feels harmless ultimately.
0: What about you, Brian? i know you're gonna be watching got a winner uh man i i really don't it's
2: um i actually i i watch every race this doesn't sound crazy i, I watch
0: every race but i don't really keep okay. up with the standing so i don't really know where we're at yeah ryan newman right now uh has you know has to i think finish top five and he scores you know secures the championship which would be a really cool story so that's kind of like his to lose uh, in some ways and there's only what 10, 12 guys that start. So it's uh, yeah. really only got to finish fifth.
2: No, it's, it's fun. It's, it's definitely, um, you know, what else would I be doing on Thursday? Right. Watching, watching SRX. I'm actually extremely mm-hmm. surprised that they get as bad of um, re- reviews or as bad as uh, um, the viewership. Uh, and all viewership. That. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, as bad viewership as they do, because especially in the middle of summer, there's really no other nothing. We have some baseball, but there's really nothing going on. And and it's entertaining and they do a great job. The broadcast is phenomenal. I mean, I, it is mm-hmm. really, Oh yeah. really they do a lot of things that that, you know, some of the, the other broadcasts need to pay attention to, because it, it is fantastic. The people they have, the, the quality of um, commentators, um, Logano, I'm going to give a shout to him. He is awesome as a commentator. I, I personally I think I, I love him. He's one of my favorites. Um yeah. and all, and all the great things that they do. Obviously, he can't do some of it in you know a real professional motorsport scene. Um, but I love it. I'm gonna miss it. Um, you know, really excited. Try to get down Hawk on again and, and kind of recap mm-hmm. this year. We had him on earlier this year and what what a special guest he was. Um, but you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I feel like they've reached a point where you can't do the same thing next year. And, and you know, Mm -hmm. whether they go for a 10 week, um, but have a couple breaks or something, I I don't think anybody is okay with doing the same thing. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how they evolve if they evolve, um, Mm -hmm. you know, or if they exist, you know, you never know. Right. So, all right. But again, appreciate everything at SRX, love the series, love the racing and uh, hope it's here to stay.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, we'll see if we can get a conversation next week and be able to talk about that more in depth. So, uh, Aaron, how? let's do this. Let's, uh, you know, kind of give the people a little bit of an opportunity to know how to better support you and everything you got going on. Uh, really appreciate you coming on and joining us here tonight. Yeah, man,
1: I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I love race cars. Please watch race cars monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday any time of the week penny series is racing tonight i think 68 year old Mm -hmm. ken schrader won yesterday track was slicked off as could be but fun racing uh so just watch racing first of all uh for me in particular i'm on every social media under the sun at aaronbearden93 um motorsportsbeat.com i have a patreon it's Motorsports Beat that I do to get a little bit of crowdfunding just to kind of help me mm-hmm. keep going, keep the site paid for, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, subscribe to my newsletter, like I said, it's on Substack. Just look up Sub Substack that's a tricky one.com and yeah, give me a follow and let's all watch racing together. That's all I need.
0: Awesome, well, I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, have those in the bio. We'll plug all that for you to help, uh, you know, any way you can. So, uh, really enjoyed meeting and chatting with you, and definitely looking forward to again doing it here sometime in the near future. And Brian, uh, as always, really appreciate you and all the insights that you share. So, hopefully, you have a good rest of your week, and uh, maybe if you called another winner, that will be something four or five if Chase wins this week. So, uh, thanks again, Brian. Appreciate
2: it. Yep. Nope. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks again, Aaron, for coming on. And uh, again, yeah, uh, tune in next week. Excited to see uh, what we got going.